disintegration. As you wish. I'd be careful where I was sticking my nose if I were you. and William under I Hate Small Talk Podcast. Wizard. <laughs> oh, man. How, about, how about that for an intro? And hats off, hats off, Brenton. Involuntary reaction there. I'm yeah, st- yeah. I'm still glued it. Goose <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, hello there. We are back again for another chapter of the Book of Bobber Talk. Uh, I'm William. I'm joined again by Brenton. And two weeks in a row, how about that? How lucky are we? We're joined by Paul. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good, man. Hey, how are you, Brenton? I'm fantastic. I mean, you'd have to be feeling pretty good after that mashup of an intro. That was bloody brilliant. Did you like it? Yeah, man. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. I, um, oh, Paul's over here goosebumps up to the max. Yeah, if it went longer, I'd be crying. <laughs> I, when I was putting it together, I, I really did feel that music, because yeah. it's, it's an epic version of whatever, of the Force theme, but... I just had to find the right bit and then get it to blend with the uh, the music from uh, the, the episode. Yep. And I was really proud of myself. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Alrighty, as we always do each week, we'll do the recap of, uh, well, this time it's Chapter 5, The Return of the Mandalorian. Uh, chapter 5 takes a slightly more Mandalorian approach, as we all know, bringing the former bounty hunter close to war over the Tatooine's criminal underworld. The Deadly Pike Syndicate is making a move to take over the desert world, forcing Boba to recruit some muscle to drive out the invaders. This episode follows our old buddy Mando as he reunites with his clan, has a present forged for Grogu, breaks up with his clan, after a duel with Pazvizla for the Darksaber, the Covert discovers Din has broken his creed and he then travels to Tatooine to uh, get a new ship to replace his lost Razor Crest. It ends with Boba Fett's partner, Fennec Shand, tracking down Mando and recruiting him with a big bag of credits. However, Mando clearly feels he, Fennec and Boba are buds. Since they teamed up in Season 2 of The Mandalorian, Mando says, uh, tell him it's on the house. Mando replies, throwing uh, the credits back at back at Fennec. But first, I've got to pay a visit to a little friend. And that's where we left off. And when now we pick up on Chapter 6, uh, from the desert comes a stranger. You know, I really hoped that this would be another episode of Boba Fett. Well, I think we all were. I, I was like, surely they're not going to do it again. Yeah, straight from... Um, <laughs> so I watched the recap. Ended with Mando saying, oh, I need to pay a visit to a little friend. And I was like, no, they're, they're going to continue that. And I yeah. was like, no, it's time to go back to Boba, the, mm-hmm. the, the main character. But anyway, we'll get to it. It's sort of a bit of a mishmash episode of like original trilogy slash, slash prequels with the tiniest, tiniest little hint of sequels. That's because Dave Filoni directed it, man. 
His fingers are deep into this one. So, like, curveballs coming at you like like hook punches. Yeah. So, it was written by John and Dave. This is the first episode that wasn't just solely written by John. His whole signature is throughout this episode, big time. And then we even got some great cameos in this episode. Aha! All the cameos. Yeah, especially mm. one by Boba Fett. That was a great cameo <laughs> that he had. And not a word. Not a word. <laughs> Yeah, I Which guess is probably as it should be. But People got what they wanted, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Boba Fett saying nothing for all of three seconds, and then, yeah, that's exactly what it was in the original movies, yeah? Hey, doggy, this episode opens up with a wide shot of several moist evaporators, very reminiscent of the old windmills in the West. Because uh, I think that'll come full circle. A group of Pike Syndicate couriers meet beneath the evaporators. The courier says that, that it is all there. Another replies that they will leave the spice and take the credits back to Mos Eisley and that the rest will follow. They are confronted by a man, a man with a name. That name is Cobb Vanth, Marshal of Mos Pelgo, once again played by brilliant Timothy Oliphant. And I've got to say, I think he was better this time around. Uh, yeah, I didn't oh, realise yeah. how much I needed to see more of that character yep. until that episode. As soon as he, he was on screen, I was like, that presence is there. You know, a, a good mix of uh, amazing, like great casting mm-hmm. for, for that character. It's yeah. an interesting character. Um, yeah, and and yeah, brilliant performance. I love Timmy, Timothy Oliver. I love that that um, that character. Well, I dare, I dare say, uh, being being a little bit more aged than his younger self, you know, he's he's obviously played the part so well. He's just he's just come into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It. He's such a great character for like a really awesome uh, country western. So it just, everything fit perfectly. And oh. it's good to see that um, the Star Wars universe has Brill Cream. Yes, yes, yes. Um, did you happen to notice, and he does make a reference to this in um, uh, in, in some of his dialogue, the, the belt buckle that he's wearing. Yep. Um, some similarities there with a belt buckle that uh, Cara Dune was, um, uh, well, the, the badge that Cara Dune was, was given. Well, he did mention the stripes, didn't he? These he stripes, did. you know, show that I'm the... So, the law. so if you look at her um her marshal badge at the bottom of that that uh, the the New Republic insignia, you can yeah. see the the stripes there, and that's exactly what he's wearing. So it does actually beg me to question: Did hear someone from the New Republic give him that? Um, is he officially recognised? Uh, and why is he maybe not calling in some help? Yes, yeah, definitely. It's like the the badge that uh, the best space cop in the world gave to Cara Dune <laughs> when he arrived. Well, when you're in the middle of Bum if nowhere. I couldn't imagine that there would be anyone to give him help from the New Republic anyway. I mean, them. I'm sure they're having a um, hard enough time getting their own stuff together. You know what I mean? Totally. It's interesting to see the um, the the ESB ice cream maker making a bit of a, a return again. Yeah, um, that's always fun to see. Yeah, well known from um, from the, the the likes of Wilro Hood from Empire Strikes Back yeah. and uh, called a, a Camtono. That's a security container. Um, so I was doing a bit of digging on this one and trying to figure out a little bit more about what the Camtono is and the, the source of that. And um, I stumbled across a bit of a connection with uh, a particular YouTube video of uh, a father recording his daughter trying to say the word ice cream. Um, Brendan, I think you got that clip. Yeah, I can put that on. Here we go. Say, I, I love, love ice cream. Camtono. <laughs> say, I, I want ice Ice cream. Camtono. Camtono. <laughs> so I'm guessing Camtono must be yeah, ice cream in another language. I I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think it's just from that little girl not being able to pronounce it. Yeah, right. It's a strange it's yeah, a weird the, connection, isn't it? Yeah, just very odd. Very mm. odd. Okie dokie. So 
We see Vanth tell them uh, that he, he didn't see what was in their chest and that no laws were broken as far as he's concerned. Vanth gives them the opportunity to load up their wares and go back to where they came from. However, they reject this offer and they reach for their blasters, but Banth is prepared and shoots three of them down with two shots. If you don't know if you noticed that. He took out two of them with one shot and then the other one with the other shot. I, no, didn't, I, didn't, was it I didn't notice that. action, was it? Uh, just, I think he just managed to shoot through, through one and, and into the other. Makes me like him more. My yeah. man. He gives the fourth one the opportunity to surrender. Vanth tells the fourth Pike Enforcer to tell them that he is aware of the syndicate and to take the credits back with him. Uh, he warns that anyone getting uh, lost running spice through the Mospelgo area again will be lost forever. Also telling the pike to unload the chest and leave and to consider it a fine for trespassing. The pike says that the contents of the chest are worth more than the town. Vanth replies that he'll consider retiring then. Uh, he watches on as the pike mounts the land speeder and leaves with the camtono of credits, leaving behind the chest um, of it and his fallen associates. Vanth inspects the chest and finds it full of spice. He gives it a kick and letting the desert winds ferry it away. So spice, did you... Um, it's interesting that, that the visual appearance of spice, spice is, is quite similar to... I don't know if you've seen the new Dune movie. Uh, yeah. But, um, yep. yes. yes. Yeah, the orangeness, that, uh, uh, yeah, the, the bit of glitter through it. So um, it's interesting to, to... I mean, I know that, um, that Star Wars has borrowed quite heavily from Frank Herbert's... Um, June series, and this is obviously one of those occasions where, um, you know, in the Star Wars universe, it's it's more treated of a like a narcotic drug yep. rather than the I guess the importance that it has in the the June universe. Um, obviously, there's no direct connection; it really is just borrowed. There's not an in-universe connection there at no. all. Um, I mean, June is set in our future, um, you know, whereas obviously Star Wars is is uh, a long time ago. Set in the past. But, um, yeah, and, and there's quite a, a few different types of spice in, in the Star Wars universe as well. Um, and one of the, the bigger ones is uh, is Glittersim, um, which is a, a variant of spice that's um, mined from um, in, in Kessel. So uh, apparently there's some arachnids there, uh, arachnids, yeah. and they, uh, they they weave their webs, and um, yeah, there's spice that gets caught up in that. So that particular variant is quite powerful of spice in the Star Wars universe, and that gives you a sense of um, of tel- telepathic abilities for for some time. So um, yes, yeah, so I nowhere near the depth of what spice means in the the Dune universe. I mean, in in Dune, it, it means you can it prolongs life. It means you can um, you know, gives enhanced perception. You can see the future. You can see the past. And obviously allows the um, the the the, um, the the navigators to to fold space and turns your eyes blue. Yes, it does. Hey, it does. <laughs> yeah, sexy time. So, Moa um, deep, Moa deep. So yeah, absolutely no connection to um to the spice found on Arrakis, but interesting that it looks quite similar. Yeah, it's got the looks the same, right? Golden sand. There's a couple of really good uh, Han Solo EU books, all about Han, uh, his time working for a couple of huts, and after. Have to get on there and have a look which books they are, but it's a great trilogy, just all about Han and Spice and what that what it does, especially the glitter stim. Yeah, you notice some of the the pikes, some of their helmets, not all of them, but just some of them helm- helmets are a little bit orange as well. Yeah, so right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's a bit of a, a connection or a reflection of the the substance that they're trafficking. Yeah, yeah. We next caught up with Din Jaren again. This is where I went. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> So we see old Mando in his modified N- N1 Starfighter exit hyperspace above a green forest world. And I went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the ship's console buzzes on the ground and astromech droid guides Dejaren's ship to a flat area beside a river 
Mando meets the droid and tells him he's looking for Luke Skywalker and has come to see the child Grogu. There's a moment the camera passes the, the, the frames R2, like right in the shot of the droid socket on the N1. Yes. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. Where'd his legs go? So, yeah, uh, in an <laughs> N, have you ever looked in an N1? Oh, yeah. have you ever, like, yeah. That, yeah, there's no right. room for no. a droid. Don't they fold out? Like yeah, they so go horizontal or something? No, they're deep they in the ship yeah. and his head telescopes up. Ah, okay, okay. But yeah. look at the ship. The ship's like that. Where is all this going to go? Yeah. Uh, it, for a normal droid socket, it doesn't make sense. So. I love that um, the N1 Starfighter. Um, I'm, it's just, I, I'm loving the design. I love the reuse of it. Um, but it's it's fascinating to see the just the glimpses of yellow paintwork still on there. Like yep. Most of it's been like chromed out. But there's just a couple of strips of yellow. Like they'd almost finished the job, and I'm like, oh, I can't be asked finishing this. Yeah, yeah it's right. done. Let's keep it there. <laughs> um, but it, did you notice the way Din gets out of it? It's a little bit awkward, and I've never thought of that. I mean, obviously, obviously in the prequels, you see them getting in and out of the the cockpit with a ladder, but in you know, he doesn't have that that luxury there. So it's a little bit of an awkward way to get out of it. And you see it twice in um, in this episode. You're right. Also, when you know, besides the whole trying to get it stepping on it down the, off the starship, when it's like a very tight fit inside that N one starship, and you're wearing like you know Beskar pauldrons, you're wearing Beskar armor, you're wearing like a heap of like flak vests, and you got all your gear on you, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit hard, you know, to get in and out. But the funny thing is, you hear him going, "Where's my razor crest? It's pain in the ass." <laughs> It would be a pain in the ass, especially yeah. when you had like a cargo door to get in and out of previously. Do you reckon he's going to lock it around his neck with him in one side of the love heart and the razor crest in the other? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we finally get to see R2-D2 again. Uh, R2-D2 beeps before leading Mando down a path into a forest of bamboo-like plants. Uh, we see uh, these ant droids skitter past, uh, exiting the forest, and they find several ant droids assembling a stony structure. Now, there's a little bit in there, which is really cool, where it's a, like, a ni- like a neat little fake out, and we see this rock lifting in the, yeah. the, yes. in the yeah. distance, yes. but it turns out it's just one of the droids, which is hilarious. Where do you reckon Luke got all those droids? I reckon yeah. you're random. Yeah, it's I mean, like, it's not like he not like he had like them all packed on top with a ratchet strap atop his X wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Republic rent them out. I rated the, the design though. I actually quite liked them. I thought they they fit oh, they're well, very clever. Fit well into the um the Star Wars universe. They yep. they didn't take me out of the universe, unlike in that that first episode of um of the Book of Boba Fett, where you see the um the Boston Robotics dog yeah, toys. Yeah, they, they, they were they were very jarring to be put into this universe. Yep. It's obviously they're like, what can we put in here? Well, the, the Boston Dynamic droids, they're really cool. Let's just whack them in. And did you hear the um, the ant droids have got that um, bit of language? They're communicating to each other. And they talk to R2. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That was very cool. Exiting the forest, they find several ant droids assembling the stony structure. R2-D2 converses with the droids. Mando questions if this is where Luke and Grogu are. The droids then enters into hibernation. <laughs> He's like, I've had enough. I'm having a sleep, which he's, he's famous for in the sequels. Yes. Much to Mando's frustration, uh, he instead speaks to the androids, telling them that he's looking for Skywalker. The droids instead assemble a makeshift bench while Mando asks if anyone is here or alive. The androids continue their work, forcing Mando to wait, very much like Luke had to wait for, for Yoda. Isn't it? Isn't it? Nice. It's very Jedi-esque. You can tell these these androids work for Luke when they when they literally give a response in riddles. It's like, what am I going to do? Instantly, just no words said, build a bed. Oh, you want me to sit down, lay down, do you? Okay. 
pretty caring so, though. That's nice. It was. They got nice. a guess. They yeah. even got leaves on it. There's, yeah, there's know, even leaves that. on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like um, yeah, we're recording this podcast, and this week you've put a cushion on. I did. Chair. I got that's, a cushion. That's, that's nice and comfy. It is. I should should fix the pins and needles that <laughs> run up through the thighs <laughs> into yep. the buttock. Yep. The thing I find funny is Mando's profession is a bounty hunter, and unfortunately, he doesn't have a fob. So if he had a if he had a Luke Skywalker fob, wouldn't have the problem. Yes, I was wondering how he knew where this planet was. <laughs> well, he must have known where the planet was, but I just find it funny that the, the bounty hunters need these fobs to find their bounties. It's like, I thought that was their job, to find people. But it's, but it's also like, when you're trying to find, when you're trying to, tra- when you're trying to track down main characters, <laughs> it's like they instantly just know. Yeah. So instead of actually looking, he's like, no, I'll just, I'll just sit down. Did, a, did he close rest. his eyes and like meditate and go, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Luke Skywalker, and he's like, use the force. Yes, Mandalorian. I'm on this planet. Come find me. <laughs> you can track me via my droid. Thank you. Well, speaking of Luke Skywalker, he's on the planet elsewhere in the green forest world. Him and Grogu sit and meditate in a meadow. All right, so we get to see Luke Skywalker again, and my God, they have improved since the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, they season have. two yeah. finale. Hiring that uh, that guy that improved the deep fake CGI from from the Mando season two. Uh, His finale. name is Shamook. Shamook. Uh, he is yeah, he is the deep fake artist that went viral. And my goodness, there, there's I reckon there was probably only one shot that I was like, yeah, that's a little bit off, but still. It's that that yeah, you know, that's well and truly forgivable. I mean, even the the finale was forgivable for for, for the tingles that yeah, it gave it me. Fine. But my goodness, this was incredible. And in fact, I mentioned so many times while I was watching it for the first time, just how amazing that CGI was. Yeah, that looked great. They're, like you said, there's a few little bits. The audio I found a bit weird at times. Yeah, was it lip syncing that was off, or just the? It's just the acting didn't gel with. I just think it was bad acting. Um, it felt really. Poor, just no emotion, really flat. Yeah, really strange. But I can forgive that. That's fine. Two people uh, were Luke's body doubles in this episode. A guy called Graham Hamilton, and he is the Hamilton. Did the basic things like walking around, and then the guy called Scott Lang, not Ant Man. Scott Lang uh, is the stunt actor, and Mark Hamill returns for the voice, although it's digitally manipulated to sound like a younger Luke. I was going to say because Max Lloyd Jones played. Uh Played him in the Mandalorian. He did, yeah, uh, and then he had a cameo in the, the previous episode. There you he's go. too busy flying X-wings. Yes, down now that he's working for the Republic, Grogu notices a passing frog and uses the Force to levitate it to his mouth. Skywalker appears to be in deep meditation, but awakes to find Grogu about to swallow the frog. He convinces Grogu to let the frog go. The frog dives into the stream. Skywalker returns to his meditation and stretches out his right hand, causing the frogs to levitate out of the pond. Grogu watches in awe before Skywalker lets the frogs go. Neat trick. So I'm assuming this is Grogu's version of the um, holy crap, look what you can do, <laughs> yeah. Jedi Master. So this is uh, yeah, Grogu's floating X-Wing moment. Must so, be. Yeah. Yep. Luke invites Grogu to go for a walk through the bamboo forest. Uh, very Asian and ninja-ish. Even Luke is dressed very kung fu-like, I feel. Yeah, did you notice? He's wearing black, but it's still it's similar. so clean. There's yeah. no dirt it, on no it. No dirt, yeah. <laughs> Spotless. Did you see much dirt on him in um, Return of the Jedi? You do at the end of Death Star. Once the yeah. Death Star started oh, to, to come yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah, a little right bit of, um, yeah, but anyway. I think he's still wearing, wearing the similar costume to Return of the Jedi too, isn't he? Yeah, it looks It's like similar. It. Yeah. Uh, that's way more. I feel like that's way more formal. This one's a little bit more uh, dojo-ish. 
has no problems. Um, I mean, I was looking at the the shoes. I'm sure they were similar boots. Um, he had no problems yeah. getting up that uh, stick of bamboo. <laughs> no. But anyway, he was using the force. Come yeah, on. I, I know it's all. <laughs> it's Luke. He can do but, anything. But how about how about Luke picking up all those frogs out of the pond? But how about it? Was more about the way he dropped them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. How rude. I was waiting for him to blow them up. <laughs> uh, Actually, I was waiting. I was more waiting for a Jar Jar moment of it, the frog coming down to Gregor's face and some form of, I don't know, baby Yoda long tongue come out and Luke <laughs> catches it and goes, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, <laughs> mm, rude this is. <laughs> mm. Skywalker tells Grogu that he reminds him of Yoda, adding that Yoda was small like him but had a huge heart and the Force was strong with him. Skywalker recounts that Yoda once said that size matters not. He explains that Yoda spoke in riddles and asks if anyone spoke like that back at Grogu's home. He asks Grogu if he remembers home. Grogu remains still with a sad expression. Now, I find this uh, to be a, a quite a beautiful moment. I mean, Luke, to me, is really searching to understand a little bit more about Yoda. I mean, his species is so unknown. Um, but I, I think we've discovered Grogu's species. It's um, it's uh, you know money cow. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, but the, the, <laughs> Luke is is obviously trying to, to to pry a little bit more information as much as he can to understand a little bit more about Master Yoda. So I, I found that quite an interesting and um and special moment. Yep. Uh, Skywalker asks if Grogu would like to remember uh, his past, and then places his palm on his head on Grogu's head. Grogu experienced now a vision of Jedi defending the Jedi Temple against the 501st Legion during the Jedi Purge. No, Commander Apo was not there, just saying. There was no clones with names there. They were all generic 501st Legion clones. One of the things I liked about that scene is just that subtle VFX nod to um, to the way Jedi dreams work in um, in the prequels. It was, oh, it was very fish. It was very fish eye. Yeah, that that feathering look around the the outside yeah. of it almost of the looks frame. like an iris. So it's yeah, I thought that was really cool. Just the the you know, blink and you miss it, but it's um yeah, just a nice subtle to, to connect all of the series. On the side walls, did you see Barris Offie's symbol? Yes, yes. I I, I did read about that. It's hard to yeah. pick though. People are going that. mental. About yeah, this. yeah. I, I hear things uh, said about you know maybe this is her quarters, but maybe she's involved in his escape. But I believe that her master, whose name Luminara, me, yes, Luminara. I believe she had the same. Um, it was same a similar symbol, symbol for both of them. Yeah. I actually, when I was looking into this, um, I seen some uh, Wikipedia entries that had been redacted. Yes. And it used to be called Barris Offie's emblem. Now it's an unknown emblem. Oh, that, that was, was used oh, by of course. Well, that was a new edit. So yeah. Did about, you see that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was created <laughs> three days. Well, at the yeah. time of writing, it was uh, well, yeah. three days old, but they amended it immediately. And yeah, so some very strange. Yeah. Very strange. So these troopers advanced on the Jedi, then they take out the Jedi, and then Grogu was, appears to be watching from inside something, but we're not sure what. Do you reckon those troopers were CGI? Yeah. Yeah, of course they were. Yeah, I think so. They were pretty good, though. Oh, yeah, well, very good. Yeah, bloody yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing that I think the internet's going wild about is, okay, well, who saves Grogu? And I'm I actually we'll wondering, out. I'm wondering... I've got a theory. Does he get saved? He's just, like, on his own for some time. No, why do, Why doesn't the um, the, the squad leader of the, the 501st Legion there, like, take him? And that's where he's in Empire hands. And yeah, I guess how, do they, how do they know he's a Jedi? He's just a baby. Yeah, but the good chance he's a Padawan. Yeah, is he hiding? Does he have the dreadlock? The little, 
A no. little uh, rat's tail, hey, hey? No. I don't have enough hair. Is, is, <laughs> he, <laughs> is Grogu hiding in a droid? No, the, I think this is a horrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen someone talk about how he's hiding inside R2-D2. It's like, how does he fit inside an R2 unit? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I reckon this is probably where it leads to Moth and actually getting him in the first, ten, like the first time. Well, my theory was the next series is Obi-Wan Kenobi. So why don't we see a flashback of Obi-Wan saving Grogu, hey? Connect it all. Where was Obi-Wan at the time that the Five of Us stormed? He um, was still in Utapau. He was, so yep. maybe that can't work then. No, I don't know. Uh, he was literally... I was just trying to connect all the series as they seem to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> where Barris, the people are going nuts over Barris. Um, well, but she was... And I, I did a little bit of research on this too and it got confusing because there was the... A lot of the Legends information was getting mixed in with, with the canon information. So... We know that she she's in prison at some point after yep. um, you know the blowing up uh, one of the uh, the temples and blaming Ahsoka on it. So yeah, she was in prison, but at some point she gets out. And there is a, a series from um, Hyperweb, um, which is uh, was on the the Star Wars website for a while, and it shows Barris on Felucia, and that's where she gets killed. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit of a side story, but I don't believe that that Hyperweb, Hyperweb um, cartoon series is canon anymore. So, goodness knows where she is. Could be anywhere. It'd be certainly interesting to see if they set that up to have more Jedi yeah. show up. Yeah, I've got one for you. So, I've got a question from uh, one, of the, one of the TikTok fans. There's a running theory that Boba was one of the ones who saved him, perhaps wanting him for a clone experiment. Okay, so Boba saved him from Order sixty six. Is that what you're saying? I guess so. In the in the in the temple. Okay, possible. I, I don't remember the episode in Mando where Boba sees him for the first time again. Because um, I, I I would have thought there'd be a some sort of a recognition on Boba's behalf, or you know. So I I, I don't have that that recollection pretty you know in, in in my mind about how they met. It'd be a neat little thing to tie up. Be very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, It'd right. be a good way to bring Boba Fett back into the story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Grogu emerges from the flashback in a totally different location, and Luke warns him that the galaxy can be a dangerous place. He promises to teach Grogu to defend himself. Meanwhile, Mando is resting on his bench that the droids built for him, and he is startled by Ahsoka Tano. Pulls his gun, doesn't fire though. Tano explains that she's an old friend of the family. It's a nice little oh, oh yeah. you know, and, line. And R2 sort of does a little bit of a beat there. Does. I, I love it. Uh, like in these scenes, they don't. these characters don't give like, oh, you're always your father's... Oh, sorry, always uh, Luke Skywalker's father's Padawan. You know, they're very kind of one line, very to the point, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're old family friends. No, no, it, see that... Well, I think that storytelling changes into the um, sequel trilogy to do that. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I know. So when Mando recalls that Tano said she would not train Grogu, Tano clarifies that Master Luke is training him. So uh, Luke has actually bested his old man. Oh! Obtained the rank of Master. Eh? Uh, Bloody, what's his name? Mace Windu would not be impressed. I also love the um, the part where R2, she, uh, Ahsoka explains that R2 notified um, her instead of Luke. That um, that Mando had arrived. I really love the fact that this is right on R two brand. He's got that undroid like intuition to go. Hold on, 
this probably shouldn't happen. Like, this is the way I want this. I, I reckon I should happen. So, yeah, he's he's too smart and he's got that personality. So I really love that they've continued with, with his intelligence with that. Totally. Mando tells her that he is here to see the kid, uh, then goes on to ask about the, the temple that's being built by the ants. Tyler replies that it's nothing now, but one day it'll be a great school. And uh, she adds that Grogo will be its first student. And I thought... Ben Solo was the first student of Luke's school. Mm-hmm. It'll be a great school for approximately 19 years. <laughs> then he gets into a hot, hot mess. But when Mando asks how Grogu is doing, Tano replies that he's fine. Mando insists on seeing him. Tano invites Mando to accompany her on a walk through the bamboo forest. Ahsoka recalls warning Mando that his attachment to Grogu could be uh, difficult to let go of. Mando explains that Grogu was a Mandalorian foundling in his care and that he just wants to make sure he is safe. Ahsoka responds that there is no place in the galaxy safer than being with Luke until all these students get killed. (laughs) (laughs) Mando questions Tano's decision to let Skywalker train the child when she wouldn't. Ahsoka exhales sharply uh, and explains that it was Grogu's choice to be trained by Luke. Adding that she does not control the wants of others, Mando responds that it's his want to go and see him. Tano agrees to respect Mando's wishes and motions to a hill where Skywalker is seated with Grogu. Tano asks him to consider if he is doing it for Grogu or just for himself. Mando replies that he just wants to give him the Beskar armor, which he explains belongs to Grogu now. Ahsoka suggests that Grogu may be a Padawan now instead of a foundling. Mando reasons that the armor will protect him, uh, regardless of whatever he chooses to be, Mandalorian or Jedi. Uh, Ahsoka then asks Mando to consider giving it to her to deliver to him. This scene is hard. Yeah, it is. We've just seen another growth with the character that isn't the main character of this show, yet again, moving Mando forward, leaps and bounds again. But it, it, is this setting him up for another future thing where we're going to have to see more of this? Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that it was so emotional seeing him like standing there going like, he came all this way to see Grogu. He's right there. Yep. And Ahsoka understands that Grogu misses him a great deal. So she just said, he misses you so much, but you can't go and see him. You know that's not the right thing to do. So why would Ahsoka care if she is no Jedi? Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yep, it's it is it is a little bit annoying that the continuity about her and her Jedi ways and all that sort of thing. But we'll get to that later. Alrighty. Um, so things are only going to be harder if he goes and sees Grogu. So Mando accepts Ahsoka's offer of giving her the Beskar armor, and then he asks that make sure that Grogu is protected. Meanwhile, Luke carries Grogu in a backpack. Empire style, and places him down in the middle of the clearing. Luke asks Grogu to jump, but Grogu is shy. (laughs) Luke encourages him to bend down and feel the force flow through him. Grogu tries again, and he jumps about two centimetres. Very cute. Luke senses he's trying to too hard and counsels him, instead of trying, he should do. Skywalker carries uh, Grogu in a backpack through the forest, leaping over rocks, a... uh, some sort of, like, is, that a, is that a nerf? Do you reckon that's a nerf? Or is he a little bit too big? The, the bison looking thing. We'll just say they're nerfs. 
I say it's a nerf. And several stumps. Luke also climbs up a bamboo tree and shows him the landscape ahead. He tells Grogu that there lies a wider world out there and to feel the force around him. The two meditate as wind blows. Luke tells Grogu that he will find balance through the force. Grogu would have a much easier time jumping if he had some training fatigues. Yes. The, uh, that robe really looks like it gets in the way. I'm assuming it really helps with the, the CGI with having to avoid <laughs> having oh, to. Oh, for sure. But my goodness, it, it, it looks like he, he needs to uh, to ditch that and get some training yeah. pants on. But, but see, a lot of people are like, how the hell can you uh, even climb up any of your shoes when they break it up? But say it's a very in thing, you know, back in feudal Japan of all these, you know, ninjas and samurai warriors actually doing this stuff. People in the martial world can actually do this, do this stuff. It's all based on actual kind of stuff. And there's also a good lot of help from the Force as well. Yeah. So we see Luke take Grogu to the riverside where Grogu rests on a branch uh, and he tells him to concentrate. Grogu struggles to levitate and slowly begins taking small steps. Later, Luke parries with his blade. He pulls out the green lightsaber and has a bit of a one-on-one with himself while Grogu meditates in the bamboo forest. Uh, he's, uh, he eyes Luke's green lightsaber with curiosity and you see that same reflection that you've seen in the, the flashback. Yeah. Or the dream sequence. Is it a flashback? I don't know. Bit of PTSD? Yes. So Luke then introduced him to the old training remote, which explains we'll test his reflexes. He places the training remote on the ground beside Grogu. Grogu kicks it like a ball. Skywalker demonstrates how the training remote works by activating it. The training remote fires a laser beam, causing Grogu to jump out of the way. Ha ha, he jumps with a little bit of motivation, doesn't he? Uh, Luke encourages him to get back up. Grogu spends the day leaping from rocks to rocks in the river, dodging the remote's training laser. Luke watches the training exercise while Ahsoka joins his side. She is impressed with Grogu's progress. Now, I think like this really does mirror uh, Luke's training with Yoda quite a bit. It does for sure. But the funny, also the funny thing is. Whether he's the master or not, he still ends up having to carry around the uh, Yoda-style character. <laughs> that was really cool. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Grogu running around with Luke Skywalker in his shoulders? <laughs> I, I also love that. I mean, Luke's never had to be the master of it before, so he's this is a, a new experience for him as well. He's, he's obviously finding his feet, understanding yeah. how to go about. I mean, he he only had that small, tiny bit of training from from Master Yoda, and he pissed off early anyway to go help Han and, and Leia. Yep. Attachments. Um, attachments. So, um, yeah, and I, I thought Grogu was going to get in shit from, from Luke for, for destroying the, the remote. No, he was cool with it. Yeah, it was all good. Yeah, he didn't care. Oh, Luke didn't get in shit for bloody destroying the Death Star, did he? He got a medal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big ball. Yeah, you're right. Hey. So, yeah, Grogu uses the force to destroy the ball uh, and it falls into the river. Grogu squeals while Skywalker praises him. Ahsoka says that Skywalker taught him well. Luke then replies, it's more like Grogu was remembering his previous lessons. So we don't forget that Grogu's already had 50 years of training. And this is, I guess this is something that slightly bugs me. He's had so much training. Yeah. But does he just not, does he absorb information at a slower pace? Because he, he lives for 900 years, say. So right now, I think he's equivalent of like a five-year-old. He should be talking. Yeah. He's had 50 years to learn how to talk. And that's what made me wonder about Yoda. I mean, of Yoda was, what, 900 or so years? Yep. And how, at what point did Yoda become proficient yep. and useful? Uh, and that's how many Jedi Master's lives of training is that before he becomes a, a Master himself or a Jedi Knight? Yeah. 
So yeah, th- it is a little bit weird the the time scale there with the age. Sort of scratches my just the back of my brain a little bit. Like what? So and then uh, Ahsoka makes a pretty cool line about how sometimes the student guides the master. Luke notes that the Mandalorian was here. Tano explains that Grogu and the Mando share a very strong bond and that Mando brought a gift. She shows Luke the red cloth containing the Beskar onesie. Skywalker admits, wondering whether Grogu is committed to being a Jedi. I don't know how you would be able to tell with a little creature that doesn't talk. Well, he's sensing it, isn't he? I guess he's sensing it. Yeah, yeah, he does say that, um, you know, he, he wonders about his commitment and... yeah. I mean, he's a baby. <laughs> well, and he's been scarred, and he's he's um, you know, yeah. he's, he's deliberately closed off these and repressed these memories of um the way he was captured. Well, he's literally cut himself from away from the force, like Obi Wan has. Yeah. So maybe with all this PTSD of like uh, Order sixty six, maybe he's somehow forgotten his memory. You know, yeah. reluctantly. Who knows? And Luke's now untapped it and he unlocked that door. Untapped it. Yeah. Okay. it it tracks untapped Ahsoka says that Skywalker is just like his father when Ahsoka was introduced to Anakin for the first time he was at a loss at what to do with her as well I I think that's what it possibly could mean how good was it seeing Luke and Ahsoka on the screen together it was great I got chills it was very good he looked very desperate when she said that you know when she was kind of walking off but he's like oh Am I ever going to see you again? Yeah. Annie. Annie, Am yeah. Am I going to see you again? <laughs> yeah, it did, it did mirror the yeah. same line of him yeah, and his mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Attachment. But attachment, <laughs> yes. But you notice he, he didn't show that exterior emotion that his father would have. No, it looks very much more reserved. It does make you wonder just how much history Ahsoka and Luke have together. Which would be something to that would be interesting to explore, and maybe they will. If any, she had another series. Well, we do have the Ahsoka series coming up, I, and I've got a little bit to say about Ahsoka and Luke. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> if I'll do it here or later. We'll do it now. All right. So, you want to talk a little bit about the temple? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was nice seeing a temple. Yeah. Yeah. Very much the same style as um, was that Act Two. The, uh, They're a very similar building, totally. Yep. Uh, and of course, that that is the planet we're seeing where Luke takes on Ben in the dream. Yep. Right. And people, are, I think there's a few people getting a bit confused as well uh, as I was researching this, you know, that thinking that that's the planet that you see in um, the Rise of Skywalker where Leela is doing her um, her training as well. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's not. No. It's not. It's not. So th- that planet is um, where the, the, the Resistance slash Rebel base was, is Ajon Kloss. I'm probably murdering the pronunciation, um, which is a, a, a moon. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where the, uh, there's a Rebel base oh, on, no, on there. A- you're not far. It's Aegon. Aegon, is it? Yeah. Ah, my autocorrect. Um, so yes, but it's definitely not that planet, and 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 you can see by the the Star Wars sing- singular biome that we always have to have. This is uh, a, a bamboo planet, <laughs> <laughs> whereas um, yeah, Aegon is is yeah more of that jungle style. Yeah. Um, no, no jungle sarlax. Jungle sarlax. That'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be camouflaged? Would it be. Would it be like a Rambo sarlax? <laughs> He's wearing a bandana. <laughs> Smeared like army paint across his face. <laughs> Bow and arrows come out of the, out the, out the beak. <laughs> but it is interesting um, to see that um, that the creators here are still drawing more connections with the sequel trilogy. Yeah. 
So, my theory is that we are already on a new timeline. And when Ahsoka was pulled from her past into the future was the moment that the timeline split. And the sequels are already not happening because Ahsoka is now present with Luke in the, in the training of New Jedi. The Loki effect. Yeah. Ezra makes a comment of wanting to go and save Kanan from his death. And Ahsoka says to Ezra, if you do this, you will affect the future because you will die because you're removing Kanan from the situation where he saved you. And uh, Hera will die too. They all would die. They all die. Yeah, they all die, right? Yeah. All of the Phoenix Squad would die. But he pulled her from her timeline where she possibly died. She's now alive. So I hope, believe, that that's where the timeline actually split. So we've watched episodes four, five, and six, and when we watched them, Ahsoka didn't exist. She now exists through them in a secondary timeline, and then that timeline is one that heads off in another direction where Luke doesn't become a miserable old shit on a, on a planet of penguins. Wow, man, that tracks so damn well. I'm just going like off what, it. yeah, I'm just going off what her words and then her existence in the new timeline. What does everyone think about that? I want to actually hear from people if they, when they do listen to this podcast. For sure. What do you reckon about that theory? Because I reckon that's a pretty, that's a pretty substantial theory. Yeah. It's got legs, doesn't it? Oh, big legs. And a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yep. I just think it's a poor decision to make these series going in a direction where we're like, oh, we know what happens. We know it turns to shit. There's no, there's no grand experience after this. So I think, I think it's in their best interest to start again, go off in another direction. It'd also be interesting to... Um to see how that plays out where you think you know what's about to happen or you think you know the, the, where it's going to go. I mean, so maybe we've got um, Grogu's blood being used for um, for Palpatine resurrection, Snoke-style um, resurrection um, you know, uh, experiments. And you know, we potentially think we know where that's going to go. It'll be interesting to see how that future no longer plays out yep. because of the, the new... Um, what well, yeah, the return of uh, Ahsoka in this timeline. So I'll, I think that's a, an interesting way of doing it. It'd certainly keep a lot of the fan base um, happy. Yeah, so I've got something else for you. So this is from another person on TikTok Live. In Legends, Ben was a Skywalker son and the solo boy who went Darth was Jason. Yes. Yeah. I think he's... Uh, ben Skywalker was the son of Luke yeah. and, and Myra Jade. Yeah. Um. And then the two kids of Han and Leia were Jason and Jania, or Jania. Jaina? Jaina. Jaina, I think it's Jaina. Uh, and then they, they were twins. Yeah. And then Jason became Darth Cadus. The They had another child called Anakin, and he ultimately was killed. But the twins went on to, um, I think, Jaina eventually killed Jason. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so yep. Was it Jaina that went to Mandalore to train under Bubba? I can't remember anymore. It's been mm. too long. <laughs> All right, back to the uh, back to business because we're almost back to business with meeting Boba Fett again. <laughs> 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 a 
Luke's a bit concerned what to do about Grogu, and Ahsoka counsels him to trust his instincts, which is something that Qui-Gon said to Anakin. When Skywalker asks if he will see her again, Tano replies, perhaps, and bids that the Force be with him. Skywalker reflects on the Beskar armour and Grogu resting on the rock having a nap because he's probably pretty tuckered out. Mando rockets away off the planet and we see Grogu reach out. He knows. He knows something's going on. The N1 starfighter take, makes its way back to Tatooine. A Gamorrean guard greets Mando with his axe as he climbs out of the starfighter. Mando explains he's here to see Fennec Shand and the Gamorrean grunts in Gamorese. Some sweet skiffs in the background there. Yeah. I, I was checking out all of There's the There's a few of them. There. There's yeah. quite a few skiffs. Yeah, and I think you can see Slave One or Slave. whatever it's called these days. It's called Slave One. It's, it, it's a fire spray <laughs> type class. Yes. Fire spray class vehicle, yeah. but yeah. It's always going to be Slave So you can one. see it sort of uh, you know, out of focus in the background, but yeah, those skiffs were amazing. And of course, it brought me back to my days with playing with those vintage toys. Yep. With that uh, that plank that rolled out and <laughs> you could put Luke on there and tip it over. <laughs> Best toys. Oh, for sure. In a briefing room, Shand briefs the mods, Boba Fett, Black Chrysanthemum, and Mok Shai's Major Domo about the uh, mobilisation of the Pike Syndicate forces. Mok Shai's has fled off-world, and Shand believes that the storm is about to break. The Major Domo claims it was a scheduled vacation, but a Gamorrean guard gives him a little growl. How is he, how is he still alive? I thought he, I thought the Rancor would have been picking him out of his teeth by now. Bit of a scomo uh, moment there as oh, well. Oh, hey. What <laughs> yeah, shit, shit's about to go down. Let's piss off out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> only, only in Australia. Shand has a great big holographic map of where the pikes are gathering based on whispers. What? <laughs> All this should have happened in the last six episodes. Mm-hmm. They should have gone into... And I'll get into it again later when they, the other bit happens. But we should have been seeing the brutality of this Pike Syndicate taking over territories way before the sixth episode of this series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. All right. So the, um, the three crime families of Moss Esper are willing to lay low and let the Pikes stake a claim on their territories, apparently. Uh, she introduces Din... Jaren as the Mandalorian and says that Mando and Black Chrysanthemum will provide enough experienced muscle to serve as enforcers. She compliments the mods for surveying the streets, and which we didn't get to see. That would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Imagine like an espionage sort yeah. of episode where we have to get to see the mods doing something and Did we you give a shit. When she's walking behind them, one of the guys in the middle looks shit scared. <laughs> like he's so oh, out of his yeah. depth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they probably are, yeah. to be honest. They just What's that? He almost looked like Riff Raff. <laughs> a young Riff Raff, punk rock Riff Raff. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Shan recognises that they lack the numbers to help out in a full-out war and says they need reinforcements. Mando offers to recruit some reinforcements. So then we leave <laughs> Boba Fett again. He literally says nothing. He nods. He nods. But you know what? That's what he does in the original movies. Yep. So uh, what are people worried about? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could have got really elaborate and done like a whole Dylan Arnold Schwarzenegger, you son of a bitch, and just <laughs> slap hands together. It does they make you wonder that. who's actually in charge. So like Fennec seems to be in charge. She's and now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, back to the good bit. Mando circles a uh, sand crawler carrying the skull of a crate dragon. That was cool. I oh. went, I yeah, went, yeah. I said out loud, that's cool. And you know, the first thing that came to my mind was that Ewok battle wagon toy from Return of the Jedi. You guys remember that? You yeah. Blankly. Oh, you remember yeah, I yeah, do. The big skull. And yes. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. That's, that was <laughs> just like that. Yeah. I do remember that. The Jawa battle wagon. What sort of skull do you reckon was on it? Would that, was it like a crate sort of dragon? No, it would have been the giant monster yeah, that was on the, the planet. It started with an M or something. Yeah, I really... Yeah, I can't remember. It was like a snake, sort of like a snaky creature. No, no, wasn't he like a no, big a giant, dude? giant monkey man. Yeah, they yeah. walked through the trees. They were huge. I want to say it was in the Ewok movie, or maybe yeah, it was. The was it Caravan of Courage? The first maybe, one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, imagine imagine Mando trying to recruit like Jawas as soldiers. <laughs> Speaking of Jawas, several of them watch and chatter in Jawese uh, as Mando circles the ship. I thought it was a little bit too much, though, where they're all like, yeah, and they're waving at him. And they're like, hello, Mando. <laughs> like, come on. Suka, Suka. <laughs> and he Mando's just like, go F yourself, not doing that again. <laughs> so. We see Mando land his starship in Mos Pelgo. Mando is greeted by Deputy Sheriff Scott. What a inventive name that is. That sounds like a South Park name. Hey, Scott. It sounds like a somebody who doesn't live long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who tells him to park his ship elsewhere. Out on the flats, buddy. Move your, move your ship. Mando responds that he is uh, here for business with Cobb Vanth, who agrees to meet with Dejaron. I do love how that how hard that dude is trying to be deputy. <laughs> it's like he is trying so hard to impress. He's trying very hard. Is this like a whole, I shot the sheriff <laughs> and I also killed the deputy? <laughs> <laughs> Vanth explains that Scott is new and a bit jumpy. He's about to be a bit laying down. Mando remarks that he hasn't seen Vanth since he gave up his armour. Vanth says that he's more careful now. <laughs> and That's asks about Grey. One of the best lines yep. in, in this series. Love it. Mando replies that Grogu is back with his own folk. Uh, Vanth observes that both of them have now lost something they are very fond of. Mando offers to buy him a drink at the cantina. I thought that was an odd line because Mando's not going to drink. Inside the cantina, Mando tells Vanth that he needs them to lead. He needs him, sorry, to lead a garrison since his people are good fighters and there is enough money to hire them. Did you notice that the, uh, the cantina had the rib cage? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is the rib cage yes. of the crate dragon. It is. Now, I just went back and watched the scene again in the previous Mando series, and yeah, it's not there previously, so it's definitely the rib cage of the crate dragon, which Hang I think is cool. The people of Freetown. Yeah, Mos, Mos Pelgo is now called Freetown, and that is taken straight from the Aftermath books. It's referred to as Freetown in that. So they're referring to the Aftermath books where... Basically, nobody else does. <laughs> now, I've read all three Aftermath books, and it does get into Palpatine. There's something on the planet that I can't think of anymore where Ray. <laughs> what the fuck? What is that planet? What are you even Jakku? talking about? You, have, you haven't even seen the sequels. <laughs> so, there's something on Jakku, a very Sith Jedi artifacty underground thing which was setting up for, like, you think you're reading these books. I'm like, wow, they might get into the... No, they don't get into it ever again. Leave that to the TV series to fix. I hope so. That'd be lovely. Some cloning facilities, maybe. Some oh, please. Then yeah. Soka gets in there and destroys it all. <laughs> uh, Vanth explains that his people do not want to fight ever since they have, uh, since they have taken out the crate Dragon. Mando replies that Mos Pelgo... Freetown. Maybe safe now, but they're all part of the same planet. 
Mando says they need uh, good people for the fight or the spice is bound to flow <laughs> through uh, the territories once again. I swear we've heard that line in June. That's, oh, yeah, that's why it, yeah. I said it. Vance says that as long as he is here, this is not a problem. Cobb then asks why his people should risk their lives for a Boba Fett. Mando reiterates that Mos Pelgo might be good for now, but, you know, their time will come. Mando reminds Vanth that he fought alongside the citizens of Freetown and that they are brave people. He explains Boba Fett's forces are outnumbered by the Pike Syndicate and they need their help. The bartender responds that the town wants no part of the city folk fight. Mando asks if Vanth agrees. Vanth replies that, Two of them are even. Mando asks once again if Vanth is still someone who won't back down from the face of bullies. So he's sort of a little bit of psychological warfare there. We need to see a video of Scarface sniffing spices from the Book of Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be pretty funny if they had a character that was just very much Tony Montana. Oh, yeah. Say hello to my little friend. (laughs) It kind of would have been nice if that was Boba Fett. A little bit, yeah. Hey. No, would have. Well, what I was hoping for, I was, I was hoping for a Godfather style or a, a Soprano style character. Yeah, no, for sure. And actually, I've got a Brian De Palma fact. He uh, he did Scarface, Untouchables, and Carlito's Way. So when I was doing my research and looking at stuff, especially later on with the scene that hasn't happened yet, um, with the bomb going off. So Brian De Palma, he uh, suggested to George to put a scroll in the movie for us to read, and George did that. And then it was too long <laughs> and, and uh, just too much information. So Brian De Palma rewrote that and he wrote the opening crawl. No way. Yep. Awesome. I did not know that. That's that, is, un- that yeah. is unreal. Uh, he even apparently was um, sceptical of the force. He thought it was a little bit silly. But he since uh, apparently he's gone back on his words and he said, no, I'm, it's, it makes sense. It's all good. <laughs> so there you go. Little Brian De Palma fact. All right, so Vamp replies that the two of them are even. Mando asks if Vamp is still somebody who won't back down for the face of bullies. Uh, Vamp remarks that he likes Dajaran's big smile, which uh, <laughs> lets him get away with anything. That, to me, says that he's already decided to help. Yeah. yeah. Mando says there's no easy way to ask her a favour. Vamp says that things are tough in Freetown, but they will see what they can do. Mando leaves in his N1, takes off, zoom, zoom. Vanth tells the uh, barkeep to assemble all the men and women of fighting age for a meeting in the town hall, and the Weequay thinks that this dispute between Fett and the Pikes is not their problem, but Vamp tells him that the people may change their minds after they hear what he has to say. Finally, we get to see a threat from the Pike Syndicate. I think I'm just repeating myself constantly, saying this should have happened a long time ago. Play the... absolutely and that's what uh, the character showing up is very much based on yeah pretty much Van Cleef and to me that's Filoni as well that's got his um, signature all over that totally so Vanth sees a lone figure with a hat approaching Freetown from the desert sensing trouble Vanth tells a woman named Joe to have the people evacuate inside Joe asks if something is wrong Vanth says he hopes not but uh, it's better to be on the ur of uh Side of safety. Vamp walks out to confront the stranger while the citizens evacuate into the pub. Deputy Scott asks what's going on and Vamp says that he will handle it. Uh, he tells the deputy to head inside while he faces down the stranger, who turns out to be a blue-skinned Juros bounty hunter by the name of... 
Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. I was screaming at my TV. I was as soon as yep. I saw the, um, obviously the the, the Mirage, and the, and then you saw the hat. I was like, I'll get fucked. I haven't. Mm-hmm. No, no, they haven't. Have they? And and then I was just screaming. I was screaming. I was screaming. So excited. <laughs> as much as a badass as he is. I screamed down anger because I was like, no, not him. Because as soon as I know he comes into it, everyone's going to die and everyone thinks it's just going to go bad, you know. Yeah. Cat Bane, just the ruiner of everything. And then the, the the next thing I wanted to do is hear the voice. I was like, I thought that because it's such a great visual character and, and this goes back to... Um, to some of the stuff that George Lucas was always really clever with, um, uh, with his design work, with having characters where that had a very strong silhouette. So if you look at all of the characters in the the original trilogy, you can pick them apart purely by silhouette, and yes. and Cad Bane follows that rule perfectly. Absolutely. And so I was super excited, but then I was really excited to hear that voice. I wanted to see how 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 it was going to come. Corey come. Burton. Yep. And Back he, again. He has voiced Cad Bane in everything that Cad Bane has existed in. Do you remember Zero the Hut? Yeah. Yeah. The really annoying hut? Yeah. Corey Burton. Really? Yep. There you go. Um, apparently when you go to Disneyland, a lot of the announcements you'll hear throughout the throughout the park, Corey Burton hmm. does a heap. He does everything. I loved when Cad started to speak, or when, when, he, when he delivers his lines, just how much hate... He's holding back. Yep. In fact, it reminded me a lot of the the mouth of Sauron in the um, the extended hey, yes. um, yes, yes. yeah, the Return of the King. The actor that performs Cad Bane is a guy called Dorian Kingy. Yeah, that's so right. I'm not sure what he's done before, he's but he's a stunt man, apparently. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Mouth of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Vanth asks, "Who are you?" Bane replies uh, that whatever Fed is paying him, they will match. Uh, and he also tells Vanth that all they have to do is stay put and stay out. Uh, and we see Deputy Scott stand up and says that the marshal is not for sale. Vanth sighs and asks the stranger for his name again. The stranger faces Vanth with his red eyes, warning him to be careful where he sticks his nose. They don't do a good job of those eyes. Oh, they And they saved the reveal. For those eyes, perfectly as well. They they let that that you know the the, the anticipation creep up there. Yeah, and yeah, and then it worked so well. And the brim of his hat, just in that. Oh, yeah, and again, that's Filoni knowing the craft yeah. so well. Yeah. I'm still blown away that he's here. Like he's so he must be so old because I think we've spoken about this before. Jiro's uh, lived to about fifty or sixty years of age. Doesn't matter. Uh, of course, it doesn't. <laughs> but you know what? Plot armor. I was looking at him like, he needs to be a little more blue. Oh, the yeah, darker I blue. I think that too. But, but I've got a little bit of a headcanon theory about that. Aging? Yep. Yeah. He's so old that he's fading. Well, he's heavily modded too. In what way? Well, he's got breathing apparatus and all that. Do you know why he has a breathing apparatus? Yeah, so he doesn't get force choked. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Willie Cannon. Willie Cannon. It's coming back. <laughs> uh, we haven't had Willie Cannon this series. No, we haven't. We haven't. I should do some for the, uh, for the episode seven. All right. Okay. Put some Willie Cannon together for episode seven. Get some good stuff. What, well, I think what we should do, though, is you put some Cannon together, and then Paul and I can work out if it's Cannon or if it's Willie Cannon. If it's Willie Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Just the good stuff you hear along the way. That story, that that Star Wars story you hear at the pub. (laughs) So funny enough, Cad Bane doesn't have a nose, so I thought his line was very funny. Mm. Vanth asks if he is threatening him. The stranger replies that 
Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer who worked with the Galactic Empire. So he's just telling us what everyone's wanted to know. That he's, is he saying he's still a killer? Is this, is this the creator saying, don't worry guys, Boba Fett's still a m- merciless like killing machine. Don't worry. What do you reckon? Is that their little... Oh, let's hope so. He's a, he's a killer. He's a killer. Let's hope so. Vance tells him to tell the Pikes that this planet is close to business. Uh, it's seen enough violence. The stranger remarks that Vance should never have given up his armour. He probably shouldn't have. The two men face each other while the deputy eyes the situation nervously and reaches for his blaster. A shootout breaks out uh, with Bane shooting Vanth and then gunning down Deputy Scott several times. Not several times, quite a bloody few times. He gives him a few. Uh, he was annoying, to be fair. He was. <laughs> he's just doing his job. Come on, give him a break. But Vanth ain't dead. No, he's not. Nah, he's it's just straight to the shoulder. Yeah. And, yeah. and in fact, I, I saw uh, somebody's taken a still of it and it's right to the shoulder and he's got the medics running to him shortly yep. after. And they're calling out for, uh, as he's lying on the ground, you see a few of them, you know, uh, race towards him. Bane says that Tatooine belongs to the Pike Syndicate. As long as the spice flows, uh, I mean, it uh, keeps running. Uh, he says that everyone will be left alone. The stranger walks into the wilderness while the townsfolk attend the wounded Vanth. And you can just hear one of them call for a, a, a health pack and a stim. So he's still he's still kicking. A stim was recently used by Cal Kestis. It's a game device in Fallen Order. So BD would shoot stims out and Cal would catch them and health. Yeah, we also see the, that, that handheld uh, back to spray of couple, a couple of times so far yeah. in The Mandalorian in The Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Indeed, we do. Are we going to see the start of next episode, Cobb Vanth in a back to tank? Is he going to have a flashback <laughs> of getting shot? No, she has a, <laughs> has a, he has a flashback of how he got the armor again. Hey. <laughs> so the last time we see uh, we seen Cab Bane appear was in the Bad Batch. It was. He was taking on Fennec Chan. He was, and he was hunting uh, Omega. He got owned by that amazing woman. He did. Now. What I loved about this whole Cad Bane thing is how he come across so serious, so menacing. We and, finally uh, had a villain in this series. Finally, we got a villain where yeah. he's he's the he's delivering the message from the mob. Very. Do you see the close up of his face when he's delivering those lines? The actual little wrinkles in his face, like he's like you know, like, like he's now, clenching his face. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, is this a practical effect? Is that someone's? Mouth and they they they're actually making that mask move because yeah. it looks really good. Yeah, it's very well performed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it has to be prosthetic, surely. Yeah, and then they they could just animate the eyes. Yeah. So and the eyes. I don't know if we talked about this last time with General General Admiral Thrawn. So in Rebels, seeing the seeing the whole red eye have the uh, the whole red eye. So in Rebels, they gave Thrawn pupils so that we could see where he was looking, but I think now they've shown. This with all red eyes. We might see Thor Thrawn with all red eyes. Yeah. I mean, it, continuity reasons makes sort of sort of sense, I guess. But maybe you can get away with a cold blooded killer like Cad Bane with with someone like Thrawn. Maybe you need to see him calculating Possibly. a little bit more. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how that how they handle. We'll see it. how it plays out. So, meanwhile, we get to see a little bit of that. Uh, uh, what do we call it? Backstory, that's right, with um, the Pike Syndicate showing their muscle a little bit more. Again, uh, yeah. this should have been scattered all the way through this series. Do you really think that they've got to a point where they've gone, we have to do a little bit of course correcting and insert these 
plot maybe. points in, or has this has always been the plan? Well, through the, through the whole series, there should have been these little tits and tats, and, and and had like this ultimate fight at the end. You know, enough's enough. You know, we need to draw the line in the sand. We yeah. need to sort this business out. Tatooine's mine, or Tatooine's there. But do you think that this has been injected at the last point? Because they know they should have done this before, or this no, is I didn't think. I think it would have been in production, and and yeah. it would have been in post production well before now. Yeah. So, so it's a yeah, bad, bad, poor, poor, poor design. But how much, how much better would it have been if, um, if you'd seen the Pikes being uh, ruthless all the way through it, and then it would have added some color to the mods. Yeah, you know they yeah. could have really been hard done by, and and had some grit and some storyline, and you go, we're fighting back to get, you know, fighting to get our town back, or even the motive to be able to, um, you know get the population against the uh, pikes. A lot of people have been have had well, hey, we've seen this in the Bad Batch. You know, the the horn fella gets gets his horn cut off. You know, uh, why can't we see all these people at like the population of like say Moss Aspo, Moss Isley, people of Tatooine who have um done wrong by the by the pikes. They've cut off limbs, taken out eyeballs, you know, they've got reasons to hate the pikes, to uprise against them. And they just don't have someone that will show them the way to actually rebel successfully. Enter Boba Fett. Exactly. Meanwhile, two Pike Enforcers visit Garza Whip's Sanctuary Cantina, so we get to see the lovely Garza Whip oh, once again. Oh, yeah. Beautiful woman. The two enter and sit at a table, and they're served by a protocol droid. The Max Rebo band, minus Max Rebo, plays while two Twi'lek staff offer to take their helmets for a clean. Darth, oh, Darth Rebo. You forgot about the, um, the drummer droid. The little drummer droid. Yes, there is uh, a little, in the yeah. band, there's a little drummer, um, Ash, astromech droid. That's yeah. really cool. This also goes to follow, follow suit of, what, where was, where's Max Rebo? Did he secretly know shit was going down in the in the bar that night? So, I'm glad he's or was, dead, or was he just scheduled to play Saturday night? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he's off. Or he had a really bad, like, curry the night before and he's hugging a toilet. Is this the Darth Rebo theory? Like, the Darth Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the one behind it all. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Maybe. Then we get the Book of Max. The books of, oh, sorry, the Book of Rebo. The Book, the book of Rebo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're seen the Book of Mandalorian, so why not, you know, Book of Rebo? And it'll cameo Max, but star Boba Fett. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how Boba Fett gets his series. So the Pikes brush them aside, uh, the, two, the two asking for a cleaned helmet, before leaving the cantina. The protocol droid warns that they have forgotten their Camtono, and moment later, the Camtono explodes taking out the uh, sanctuary. All right. Oh, I wanted to touch on something before we get into the last bit. Yes. About Dave Filoni and how his previous projects usually bleed into his next projects. And I feel like that's pretty much what's happened here yet again. So we have the Clone Wars. Uh, see, initially the original Clone War cartoon series, the micro series, had nothing to do with Dave. He was brought in to rework that and it became the Clone Wars. That was then destroyed. The, the Clone Wars were cancelled. Uh, I don't know if that was because of Disney or not. I think it may have been. I think it was the transition period. Yeah, yeah. so that was just dead. Then we've seen Rebels start up, and then ultimately the Clone Wars started to bleed into Rebels, and all these plot lines were coming back into Rebels, and then Rebels was, was finished. And then Mandalorian started up. I'm not going to mention the Resistance cartoon because nobody watched that and obviously it doesn't mean shit, right? Funny that. So then Mandalorian. All these Rebels things started to bleed through the Mandalorian. Now Boba Fett. And all the Mandalorian stuff's bleeding through Boba Fett. So when you look at it in that sort of perspective, it makes sense what they're doing. Uh, 
Well, they didn't Favreau wasn't his that this side story was was more his creation. Yeah. Um, and and it is interesting. Um, and and you know, a lot of people have cited the Collider article that came out in twenty twenty one that foreshadowed and explained that this is Mando. You should consider this to be Mando season two two point five. That's unfortunate. Which which I I get that that's what their plans was, and they've delivered. They really have delivered on that. Which is yeah, it's really disappointing because it, it it's a significant missed opportunity I think for that character and for for the Boba Fett character. But also, I don't feel that that excuses some poor storytelling. No, yeah, like there's so much wasted effort on all these these back to tank flashbacks stuff that didn't really matter. Um, and now, as you said, Brenton, we're we're now at what, episode six, six, and we're finally getting a bit of grit. Which we should have seen hints at from episode one or two, because the let's talk about the rancor, right? It's been shown that he wants to train it and he wants to ride it, and we're like, "Well, we're going to see this in this series. Are we going to see that? Like, is this next episode going to be two hours long?" I'd be happy if we just got a name for it. <laughs> just give it a name, Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to the really cool bit. Munchie, not Moochie. Yeah, Munchie. This is Munchie. Not Moochie. Munchie. Munchie. Grogu's choice. This is the finale of the episode. And I've got a lot to say. A lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, at Skywalker's newly built temple, so I'm guessing they're sitting in the temple now, Luke presents Mando's gift to Grogu. He unwraps the red cloth, revealing a Beskar chain shirt. Luke Mithril. explains... Mithril shirt? Mithril, yes. I said last episode, it was. Mithril. It is shiny Mithril. Luke explains that the Mandalorian wanted him to have the chain shirt, uh, which he lays on the carpet before Grogu. Uh, Grogu goes to take it. Uh, Luke tells him that he will give him a choice. And I, I, I knew, I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to pull out a lightsaber, Cool. He shows Grogu Yoda's lightsaber and offers it to him. Skywalker tells Grogu that he must choose only one. If he chooses the armor, he will return to the Mandalorian. However, Luke warns that he'll be giving into attachment for those who he loves and forsaking the way of the Jedi. Now, hypocrite. Yes, a little bit hypocritical, but I'll talk about that in a second. So, Yoda's lightsaber... Apparently, you've seen it got destroyed in a Darth Vader comic book. Ah, uh, yes. Is that expanded universe now? Uh, no, this is canon. But then we do see in another another comic book called Age of Rebellion. Yeah, by Marvel. Yep. Uh, that in a book called The Trial of Dagobah, Yoda built himself another lightsaber. So we can assume that Yoda had another lightsaber on Dagobah. Yeah. Just didn't need it. I do picture Yoda dies and Luke starts rummaging through his ship. <laughs> what I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that where he finds like the really weird shit in it too. Like, who's Yadel? Who's this picture? Oh, Yadel. <laughs> yeah, she's the uh, she's the other uh, Yoda creature that we see in the. I think it's in a Phantom Menace in the in the Jedi That's Temple. But Yoda Yoda was actually relatively um, harsh on her because she actually had a really bad life. Is this Willie Cannon? Are, no. we get, are we getting Willie Cannon? <laughs> no, bro, I'm not shooting you. Okay, yeah. go on. Oh, she, um, you know, she was part of the Jedi Order and all that, and Yoda basically spent his whole time scrutinising her, hating on her, putting her down, and 
doing all these bad things to her. And uh, she, when she went on, she went on a mission, she got abducted for years and had all got was tortured and all that. And then she ended up managing to get rescued or escaped, and then she come back to the temple. And Yoda was just like, Ugh. "Can you cite your references?" I can. <laughs> I just need a phone to do it, but my, phone, my phone's currently busy. Currently busy. Well, I'll task you with the mission of uh, maybe that can be next week. You can fully sure. fully get into Yaddle. 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 My, my apologies. Yaddle. And maybe that can be Willie Cannon. Dundell. All right. If he chooses the lightsaber, Luke promises that he'll be the first student in his academy uh, and that he will train him to be a great Jedi. Skywalker says that it'll take him many years to master the ways of the Force, that he may never see the Mandalorian again. He explains for a short time for Grogu, maybe a lifetime for somebody else. Grogu coos while he considers choosing between the two objects and um, the path they entail. Luke asks Grogu, which does he choose? So now we're pretty much more excited to know what he picks rather than what happens to Boba in his own story. Yeah. Right? Well, the fact that Luke only said one, you know, only Sith deal in absolutes. Right. And it also distinctly feels like Luke's rep- like repeating the mistakes of the Jedi. I mean, that's all Luke knows. He, he That's the... That's, he's only that's understood also, yeah, from it. the training of Yoda that, that that's yeah. the way. But at the same time, you think maybe Yoda could have reflected during that time on Dago, but I go, where did we go wrong? But I think even Yoda himself knew they'd, they'd gone wrong, but at the same time being Grandmaster, like you'd want to admit it. So yep. basically he said, right, you choose between the Jedi and the, and the lightsaber or the, the Mando's gifts and the the, the Mandalorian way. Um, Go party with Mando, get slaughtered by a teenager with anger issues. And, the <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's obviously echoes. They were setting this up right from the get-go with, throughout this episode, that theme of, is he a Padawan? Yep. You know, is he a foundling? Um, but... Uh, what do you reckon? I mean, I I know you want to explore this more, um, Brendan. But I got, I got what do you reckon he's going to go? Like, I mean, that N one has that uh, you know has that that domed cockpit ready to go for him. That that droid socket. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which way I want it to go. I want it to go that he's a Jedi. Like he follows the Jedi path because yeah. I I think I I, I think it's going to hamper Mando season three if he's got this kid along. We've already done that for two two seasons now. Um, so I'm concerned that w- how is that going to impact Mando's ability to um, go to, forward? To I know that gives him a tail gunner. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, you brought up him being hypocritical, right? So he's, he's is he hypocritical for making him choose for sticking to the no rule attachment rule uh, when obviously Luke himself cares a great deal about his friends and family? I think Willie brought that up previously. Yeah, um, and it, it it and he doesn't forsake them. And now he's seemingly asking Grogu to do that. Yeah. He's got to pick in order to align with the sequel trilogy. Right? That's what we've been saying about Ben being the first. But that's where it goes back to me saying about Ahsoka creating this branch of new timeline. So Ben being Luke's first student, uh, as he says himself in The Last Jedi, uh, what, if anything, would it mean if Grogu picks a lightsaber and stays with Luke? That affects the, the, the sequels, essentially. Is Grogu going to be the new chosen one? Yeah, but don't forget the, the the sequel trilogy revolves around Skywalker, mm-hmm. the, the the Skywalker saga. R- regardless of how you feel that it played out, rightly or wrongly. So I mean, I I still don't understand why everybody thinks that Grogu couldn't still exist in that sequel trilogy time, right, timeline. 
I mean, anything could happen. He could get picked up for a ride to some, you know, maybe he's, he's doing an elective or something and he's got to go to another planet to, to mm-hmm. learn some new skills. Totally. Anything could happen. And he comes you know, back and the school's just decimated. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. School's out for summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I looked at it this way a little bit. He's not asking Grogu to give up the Mandalorian entirely. Luke said to him that if you pick the lightsaber, you may never see him again. Not that you will never see him again or forbidding him to see him again. Because he may. You may not see him again if you choose lightsaber, right? So I think he's basically trying to explain to him that if he wants to become a Jedi, sacrifices will be required to him. uh, And he's got to put the needs of others ahead of his own wants and desires, which is what the the no attachment rule really, really means. The things that they're interested in, have to, when push comes to shove, they've got to give those things up. And I think it's a, basically, he's giving a Grogu a test of, of seeing which way he goes with what he knows so far. Well, I guess you can hold on to it, but you can, you cannot, you've got to also let go of the emotional attachment to it. Yeah, and that, I think there is a bit of a misconception about the Jedi and having attachments. Well, they're encouraged to love. Yeah, it's just it's the ability to give those things up when they need to. So, like, even Anakin and Obi-Wan, they had a bond. They had a brotherhood. And they both openly acknowledge that. And it isn't preventing them from loving each other or prohibiting them from loving each other. Uh, but they've got to understand their duty as Jedi comes first. So, Luke recognised that Grogu's heart was not being a Jedi <clears throat> and that he's probably more interested in becoming a Mandalorian. And being with Mando might be what he wants m- to do more so. A dwarven Mandalorian. Yeah, a tiny little Mando, right? King under the mountain. He might not want to be <laughs> He might not want to be a Jedi at all. No. Uh so of course like Mando's not just some good friend that Grogu hands out with on occasionally. You know what I mean? He's looked at it as like a father figure. Yeah, it's totally more a father figure. And instead of um he represents something that means a whole lot different. I reckon he's a little bit put off by the whole lightsaber kind of thing. He's like you just see the fear. I for me, it's fear in his eyes in Order sixty six, big time. And even seeing Luke ignite the his lightsaber while he was meditating for that first time, I think he's kind of like, oh, like is this what I'm going to get into? Yeah, maybe it's not what I want. I think if Luke was really being a hypocrite, he wouldn't have given him the option of one or the other. So in the first place, giving him a choice, much like he like Luke wasn't given a choice. Yes. Uh, he was sort of forced to become a Jedi. Instead of... Uh, instead of he would just keep training Grogu and not ever give him that, that ability to choose. And then would Grogu possibly lead to a, a resentment, which could lead to anger and hatred and so on and so forth? Taking yeah. you down the path of do- yeah, the dark side. Right. So... I also think, like, what's the chances that Grogu picks the lightsaber? Luke will probably give him the armor anyway. Like, yeah, he has to lo- understand that you've chosen to be a Jedi, but you have to then see the light in giving up on those things that you also want. If you want to be a Jedi, then this is the path that you have to follow. Yeah, that's an inter- interesting take. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. Uh, and I think that's the test. That's the test that he's giving him. And that would have been cool if they fleshed that out a little bit more in the in the show. Maybe once he passes that test, that might come to fruition. Yeah, maybe the next episode. There's no actual sequel to the Boba Fett show. We just learn more about Luke and Grogu. Eh? Well, apparently apparently in the book, uh, Luke got rid of the whole uh, no attachments rule. 
Um, but it's like, you know, no longer canon anymore. Uh, I'm sure he did. It's been probably a lot has changed. And I think that's the hard thing of seeing Luke again and listening to him talk about this Jedi stuff. Like, what, what is a Jedi in this new universe? Grey Jedi? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is their role in the universe now? There's Rebuilding. That's basically what they're trying to do. Is rebuild, rebuild what? Well, what they, I guess, what they could be. What is what is it? That's what I'm saying. Like, what are they now? And it also um, that could be interesting. I mean, that is what Ahsoka's been doing with Luke, because she's lived through it all. Yeah. She, she's seen the um, the the failings of the Jedi. Maybe she was given a bit of mental uh, some support to Luke and saying, "Listen, if you're going to set this thing up, maybe you need to look at things a little bit differently. This is where it went wrong last time." It would have been really cool to see an actual conversation between the two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Save that for the Ahsoka series. Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I mean, she was there. Do you, do you think that if she wasn't in that episode and that was somebody else, like she didn't have to be. I don't I don't think she had to be there for that information to be passed on to Mando. Luke could have done that himself. Do you know what would have been cool? If it was like Kyle Katarn. Ha <laughs> Or um, even, not Ezra because that's coming later, but Cal Kestis or... Another another Jedi, where like, why is there another Jedi? What the f- what's going on? And like, he's he's this guy's like obviously knows what's up. He's like fully aware of the situation, and he could even say like, you know, Ahsoka's briefed me on all this. We didn't have to see Ahsoka again. I think she was just injected in there, so we're like, you know, ooh Ahsoka. But at the same time, introducing Ahsoka back, it's a it's a character that Mando's familiar with. Yeah, he can converse. Uh, in, in a different way. If it was somebody he knew, he wouldn't have that same rapport. Possibly. So, um, you know, the the fact that she understood the relationship with Grogu and, and Mando, I don't think anyone else could sort of share that information or, or, or sort of guide Mando towards a, a decision. Yeah, for sure. Uh, or show him the way if it hadn't been Ahsoka. So, g- back to the whole new timeline thing. We can call this the Mando first, right? Yes. Hello. Okay. Yes. So... If they're leading in a new new direction, I've got no doubt that Disney would do that because they're going to follow the money. That's what they're doing. Hasn't Kennedy just signed up for another three years? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Zero Fs given. I'm pretty sure she's been put behind a desk and say, just sit here and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> she's on. She's on board of this film. Yeah. But she has no input and no say on anything. Well, she just had her pet project ripped out from underneath her. The, Ooh, um, yeah. Is that Rogue Squadron? No. It was Rangers the, of the New Republic? No, no. This is a totally non-Star Wars project. Um, something to do with uh, Blood and Bone. Uh, it's about a... Um, I'm oh. I know what it's about. Some, yes. sort of, some sort of police brutality story where... Yeah. Anyway, apparently it's been ripped out from her and given to another studio altogether. Okay, so a little bit too much of a sensitive topic for Don't Disney know. to touch? Don't know. Possibly. Possibly. Because the new, oh, off topic, but the new, uh, there's a new CEO or there's a new advisor of some sort who come into, she came into Disney and said, give up all this shit if you want to make money. If you, basically, if you don't want to make money, get out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the, the crust of it. But Making money the right way. Yeah. And it's all about making money. Star Wars isn't sacred no. to Disney. They do not give a shit, 
right? If they're not making money, they will change the game. They did it already. Yeah, that's they right. bought Star Wars and then they wiped out the existing canon. They don't give a fuck. Well, it's the world is the worlds between worlds. Their trump card to say, ah, I pull out the world between world card. Everything's changing. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Because it's just a brand. Star Wars is just a brand to them. Yeah, yeah it's that's right. So they're going to do what they can to make more money, and they're already already tackling the multiverse in the MCU. So. Are I we think g- for them to do a branch timeline where they change it up and create a whole new future. Money, money, money. Well, why can't we see them do an animated version of the What If series? I would be down for that. I yeah, would be down be for that totally. That'd I would be totally be down for that. Brilliant. Imagine, yeah. a, imagine a What If total. Uh, imagine a What If series where Anakin didn't go to the dark side, or if he did, he the, he was foiled. He was beaten by Obi Wan and another master. Yoda beats the Emperor. They stop Order sixty six and all. How would the world? How'd the universe unfold after that? Yep. So much, so much awesome stuff could come out of that. Talking about series, would you want to see a Luke Skywalker series? I'd be, I'd be down for it just to get more out of him. Yeah, I'm happy for him to be involved in in as a as a I guess a secondary character, but I think we've done Skywalker. Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm what about an animated series? Like it's like the it's more like an anthology series where it's just like the adventures of Luke Skywalker and we see him go off and do Yeah, okay, I'm in for that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's no I like just retract what I've said. There, well, there's no like there is an overarching sort of story to be told, but it's more an anthology thing where we go in and he's it's an adventure with Luke and he meets up with someone random and he goes on an adventure. And Only you get to see that that head fiction that you had after oh, yeah. the Jedi all those years before yes. um you know we prequels like where did Luke go? What did he do? What adventures did he go I'd on? I'd be down for it if it was like in traditional Japanese anime. Oh, yeah, well that was cool, especially with visions. Um it was nice to see that yeah. sort of thing. Um, I would love to see s- even something to do with Luke Skywalker and you see characters like um like Cole Katarn come into it, that would be super mint. Yep. But, I mean, you could also do a, a series like the um, From a Certain Point of View. Yes. I mean, that was a really interesting take that on... That would be brilliant. On, yeah. So, I, I I think, you know, maybe not on What what If. I'd be up for something like that. All right, I've got one more question. Instead of what they've done with this series, would they have been better off running Mando 3 and this series concurrently? And both series intertwined together. Like bouncing off one other Tuesday night, then a Wednesday night? Whatever. And then each episode con- like basically just works together. In it, or it works together or works against each other. It works, to, well, to it like works together. But yeah. instead of having this all jammed into one series, they had the Mando playing out and they had Boba Fett playing out. Means to an end. Yeah. It yeah. allows you to focus on the right characters and yep. the right story. Yeah. I, I think that would have been a much better way of doing it. Yep. Cool. We're almost done. Um, ultimately, this has been a fun to watch series. I feel I haven't been any, I haven't been bored, really. Just I haven't been totally excited, you know. Except for all the fanfare fluff that gets you excited when you're like, yes, and then you wait. Hang on a second. <laughs> I mean, there has been lots of ups and downs. We've seen lots of added content um, with a lot and like, with many different characters. Different past, present, future kind of things. So yeah, it has been very up and down. I have enjoyed the series, and uh, it's just for me. I'm just wondering how they're going to do episode seven. 
I'm looking forward to seeing the um, how they wrap it all together with episode seven. Um, four hours. I'm hoping <laughs> it's a four-hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm hoping they do because I, I want to be able to go back and rewatch this series, yeah, uh, you know, and, and and seeing it as one piece of body of work. Yep. Um, I'm hoping it will make more sense that way. So um, that's what I've been holding out for to to really see if this this really closes the gap properly and it gels nicely. My gutting sticks it feels a little bit disjointed, but I'm hoping that um, that it comes together well. Well, is is uh, episode seven going to be a two part cinematic? No, I don't think so. I reckon no, it'd just be one piece. What to be picked up in Mando three point like season three? <laughs> Maybe it just doesn't end. Actually, it just they get to a point and it's like, oh, there's no conclusion. Well, think of it like the version of um, season seven, of like Clone Wars. How that the the last episode was a two part episode, something like that, where you. You can pack so much into like a two-parter. It's not, it's not left on a cliffhanger, but you can kind of fit more into the um, into the episode. We'll find out. Yep. So I, I think there's a a real risk of doing what they've done, where they've blurred the lines. With is this a Mando story? Is this Boba Fett? Um, you know, where where does that sit? It doesn't allow you to explore a new aesthetic. Um, completely, you don't completely embrace this this gangster world or you know the the world of the the pikes and um, and what they're doing to 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 Plat- no, Tatooine because you're half in that that Mando frame of mind. So yep. really, yeah, I think as a, a an audience member, you don't want that mix. You want to be able to feel something a, a different aesthetic. You want to feel a a different style and approach to to the storytelling, and it gives you that creative flexibility to, to play around with it in in a slightly different genre within that same universe but they've i think they've really um hampered their ability to be able to do that yeah especially with like we said a couple of times the villain not being present throughout the series up until the last point mm. the the threat of the pikes not being established is bane the, the sub villain for the main villains well of course he is like <laughs> He's the the puppet ultimately for um for the Pikes. You know who's controlling it all? Dengar. Hey. <laughs> well, are we gonna see like a bit of a bit of a not so much a? Are we are we gonna see like a character showdown? Like, it's not just Cad Bane that the Pikes have hired. Have they hired you know Bosk? Have they hired Dengar? Have they hired? Uh, well, that's you know, it. That's that'd be funny, you know. Like we see Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett, he's he's getting all these troops together and then they rock up with their big army and then like the Pikes just have an even bigger army. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, you see, like, <laughs> they you don't see, have enough. You see like, you see, like Chris Santon versus Bosk. You see Dengar versus someone else. And then you see Shand versus Cad Bane. And who's Boba, who's Boba Fett going to fight? Uh, you know what I'm picturing? I'm... But with you guys talking like that, it sounds like Infinity War Part Two. We're <laughs> hey, with the battle at the hey. end, when, and they're just bringing in new and new characters. <laughs> Absolutely, stranger God, things, stranger things have happened. <laughs> well, that's episode six. Episode six, yes. Of Mandalorian, uh, Book of Boba Fett, right? No, that's old, isn't it? the Book, Book of Rogan. No, it's Book of Book of Rebo. <laughs> Book of Rebo. We're talking about Book of Rebo right now. Uh, thanks for listening. We've been thoroughly enjoying talking about it. Uh, we'll wrap this up now. You can find myself on social medias, if you wish, at Sovereign41. You can find William at Echo Bischoff. Uh, you can look for Paul if you like. Yeah, Rogue MM on Twitter. Rogue MM. 
And I think that sums it up. I think I, I think so. I think so. I want to thank the boys for joining me, heading down into the cave, setting up in the studio. Honestly, you couldn't have done it in a better spot. Like, who doesn't like coming in and looking at your hundreds of bloody figures, mate? Don't tell too many people. Well, I got to talk about Cad Bane while looking at the figure behind Willie's right shoulder. there. And it's yep. a brilliant figure. Yeah. Right there with my bounty hunters. His hat's a little bit, the brim is a little bit It's wide. a big hat. Oh, oh, yeah. If I could say one thing, I thought his hat was a little bit shorter than yeah. I expected. And, yeah. I mean, if you're on Tatooine, you need a big-ass brim. You do need a big hat on Tats. Yeah. Two suns, three moons. All right, Willie, wrap it up, son. All right, guys. Thank you all for uh, for joining us for another another chapter of the Book of Boba Talk. And uh, as always, may the Force be with you. Always.